Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Wrestling Daft presents The Daft Sheet Hello and welcome to The Daft Sheet The collision to Wrestling Daft's Dynamite The smackdown to the main shows though The five star wrestling To Rab and Grado and John's world of sport You know what? You know what Billy Gaddy calls us? He calls us the Scottish Note Goat that's because the daft sheet is the one true genuine article in a podcast business of illegal tender. And this week's empty iron brew bottles that you take back for all the, the 20ps are Stephen the Roche, Roche, Stain Cold, Lewis McNaughton. And they're looking to fill the daft sheet with all the money moments of the past week in wrestling. Lads, how are these this week? How's it going? I'm brand new, mate. Um, bit gutted that the weather's turned heel, but um, can't he complain about them. <laughs> uh, it's been a bit, bit pishy weather the last couple of days. Uh, what about yourself, yeah, Lewis? How's things with you? Good, mate. Definitely feeling better than Brian Danielson's forearm right now. Um, but barely, barely getting ready for barely. getting ready for my flight to London for Money in the Bank. So just all roads lead to there just now. Ah, great. When you setting off? You going down for the full weekend or just for the for the show? I going off. We've seen SmackDown the day before, so we're setting off from Edinburgh at about six twenty a.m. on the Friday morning. So having to leave my gaff at about two. So one of those, <laughs> one of those overnight holiday sort of experiences. That ah, uh, there's nothing worse. I, I had that in uh, going to Berlin uh, the other week there for the stag uh, that I mentioned the other week. I think my my flight was at uh, ten to seven in the morning from Dublin. Uh, so I had to leave my house just north of Belfast at two in the morning to get to Belfast for three to get the bus down to Dublin for five o'clock to get my flight. And then on the way back, it was ridiculous uh, times as well. So I, I do not envy you that, but I do envy the fact that you are going to the, the O2. Uh, what's, have you got, um, are you doing any of the sort of the, the pre-show stuff around the, the event or? Sorry, it's not going to be the WrestleMania that we're going to get this year anyway. So hopefully, I was looking at some shows around it, and I think, I don't know whether it's progressed, uh, people like that are doing shows. And mm-hmm. Undertaker's got his, um, he's got a show before it as well, but basically extortionate for that is bad enough for money. Uh, I saw that, was it £260 a ticket or something mental? Top. Uh, no matter who it is. But uh, I think we're just going to go and to be fair, if we went around London for a day drinking, it would be about the same price as that. So, <laughs> oh, I pal, suppose my pals wanted to see a few, uh, a few of the sights. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see the crack. Probably go to Madame Tussauds Pished or something and see how that turns out. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Well, you know what? We could give you an assignment. You could you could be a roving reporter uh, for Money in the Bank next week. So you could send us like a voice note. Uh, you know, some of the, the highs and lows of what's going. We can fire that into the middle of the podcast next week yeah. if you were up for doing that. Be, 
be the, the daft sheets man on the ground. Cool, cool. Right, well, what we'll do is we'll get smashing right into this week's daft sheet. So if you've not listened before, basically Steve and Lewis are on here trying to pitch the best wrestling stories of the week uh, to, to me in order for uh, us to fill the daft sheet. They're looking to fill the front page, the back page, page three, uh, and the telly pages. And if we've got time, uh, we will look to do the uh, the Mystic Mega Powers, I think we'll call it this week. We'll do the horoscopes. We'll bring them back from the other week there as well and see uh, what the, the stars are, or how the stars are aligning for the superstars of world wrestling. Now, uh, what we'll do is we'll go to the front page first, which is the biggest news story of the week. And I will see who did I have penciled for this. Lewis, I'll come to you first. What uh, has been the biggest wrestling story of the week for you? Uh, I'd say it's probably the, the debate on whether Forbidden Door was potentially top five, if not the best pay per view ever. And to me, to me, it's probably not, probably not up there. Uh, however, there are parts of it that that would make me think that people would put it up there. Obviously, the matches were good. The stories during it advanced. Um, yeah, obviously had the matches such as Osprey, Omega, um, you had obviously Okada and Danielson. Those are five star matches that would put any pay per view up there. But to me, shows like uh, obviously WrestleMania 17, which everyone bangs on about, uh, even though it was three at the time, uh, I obviously watched it over time. And Jesus <laughs> fuck, you've made me feel so old. Sorry, mate. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those are the ones that stick out to me and ones I'd, I'd see myself going back to. Um, I don't know, ran, random ones throughout, like the the six-man hell in a cell, things like that are the ones that resonate with me. And there, there are ones that, there are parts of the show that make me think that I definitely want to go watch it back. So I'd probably say, in my mind, it's, it's up there, but definitely not one of the best pay-per-views ever. But I'd say that story of the, the debate between it um has been all over my Twitter feed, so I had to pick that for this week. I think, oh, sorry, back just come in here, Chris. I, I, I think, I greatest one of the greatest others. Mm, it it kind of, I would I would make maybe my top twenty. Don't know, <laughs> don't know if it would make my top five. Like my my top five would be Takeover New Orleans, uh, Royal Rumble two thousand. That was my favourite from back in the day. Uh, Dominion 2018 um, Survival Series 2002 and uh, probably Mania 21 they've always I would kind of put them as my my top five well, I'd go um, 30 and 31 in for me and probably one Royal Rumble um, I'd say it's one of the best ones I think do you know do you actually to, to get off track here do you know actually I would say my most un like my unpopular wrestling opinion is, you know, you know, we've all got that really unpopular wrestling opinion. Aye. Here's mine: WrestleMania X Seven is not the best of a WrestleMania. Oh, it's controversial. Yeah. yeah, it's it was it's. I would say it's fourth. I would the uh, my favorite one ever was twenty one. Then after that, I would put thirty one. Uh, probably also go. Five and uh, and also probably twenty three. Who's thirty on your list? 
30 gets to about, I say about six or seven. So, so a lot of uh, shows to kind of like fathom as being the best, and obviously it's quite a, a subjective thing, uh, picking that. But I mean, the in terms of the, the matches that were on Forbidden Door at the weekend, you know, there, there were some dream matchups, obviously. Uh, Osprey Omega 2, phenomenal. Uh, Okada Danielson, uh, the fact is uh, that you know Danielson wrestled a, a good chunk of that match with a broken arm as well, having saved himself from injury for the last few months to be ready for that match. Uh, you know, it's testament to, to how hard he must have went in that uh, to to make that match as, as good as it was. Again, you had all the emotional drama and intensity of the, the BCC versus the Elite. Uh, you had uh, Punk against Kojima as well. You know, there were just there were so many uh, good matches, but again, Punk, Punk against Kojima was a banger. That was way better than I thought it was ever going to be. Yep. It's it, I've not I've not managed to watch any of the matches all the way through. I've, I've just been uh, skimming the, the YouTube highlights and things that I've seen. But uh, all the the high spots that have been featured in in the clips that I've seen have been very very high in terms of the action, the drama, the danger of that uh, the and the, the final two minutes of the the Osprey Omega match. Just absolute, you know, the two of them absolutely blasting each other and the Tiger Driver uh, on the basically. Oh, drops. Can, we, can we wait till I talk about that oh, later, please? No worries. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Aye. it does seem to have been, it does seem to be up there. I mean, I have, I, again, you know, peeling a bit behind the curtain on here, I get a lot of my sort of wrestling knowledge from listening to other podcasts and two two guys that are holding quite high esteem when it comes especially when it comes to AEW are uh, Hamflet and Sidgwick on what culture then I know they're not everybody's tastes and whatnot. Uh but uh from what they were saying, you know, it, it's up there. It's not they don't think it's the greatest pay per view of all time, but it's it's pretty damn close in terms of the the, the high points of the, the main matches. And you know, I think, you know, they they were a bit down on the uh, the 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 Sting v Jericho six man match, uh, obviously the the Jack Perry thing didn't really get good until the turn because you never really thought that he was gonna win the the IWGP uh, belt there, so it had it had its lows and it, but it had very high highs I think uh, as the, right. the most part I mean do you think that the fact that it was kind of a lot of fresh matches. Uh, in terms of you know bringing the Japanese guys in, do you think that that is something that added to the 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 specialness of it, when, which is why people are holding it in such high esteem? I'd, I'd say myself, there's a it's sort of bittersweet with that because they say me watching a match uh, such as uh, like the one you said for the I, I WGP Heavyweight Championship, but even the one for the AEW Championship, even mm. though they're fresh matches, you, you you looked at it and went, for what reason would MJF lose this belt? There's there's yeah. a zero chance that he's going to lose that belt. So, this is yeah. this is the reason that I think holds it back for being one of the old timers. As great as it was, and, it, and look, it does have you want from a pay per view banging matches, red hot crowd, a couple of sh- uh, couple of shock uh, storyline advancements, etc. But and this is the problem with these big crossover events. No titles are going to change that. And there was no way Sonada was dropping the IWGP title to effectively an AEW mid-carder. There was no way MJF was uh, dropping uh, his title to a guy who's nearly 50, the, who's you know pretty much in his last year or two as a, as a main eventer. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so in that in that regard, it was a bit uh, predictable. But look, great show. Um, it, it, it'll be remembered for Omega Osprey too. Uh, alone, I mean that that's that's where it's like you see uh, will lie, and um, and I guess uh, Danielson Okada was a you know a, a watershed moment there. Probably Japan's best wrestler of the past ten fifteen years versus America's best wrestler of the past ten fifteen years. I suppose, Lewis, the, the, the one question to ask coming out of uh, Forbidden Door 2023, do you ever think that the Forbidden Door will be opened that wee bit wider to incorporate WWE or maybe you know any other uh, major uh, wrestling promotions other than uh, New Japan? Um, I could see, I could definitely see, obviously, Impact coming back in um, as soon as they can for AEW, and I can see... Uh, other promotions, obviously your Mexican ones. Every, basically, everyone's done it with AEW except WWE. Um, I can see more chance of potential out, outsiders, as in people like Finn. Not anymore, but people who have done it before in New Japan, things like that. Yeah. Uh, or people coming to the end of their career, like maybe putting Chris Jericho against someone who um, is on the out of WWE, someone like that, that would probably break it in. But I, I don't think that the pass would cross between someone like Omega and Reigns unless unless something really went com- completely off course and dramatically mm-hmm. changed, because neither of the companies really need that to happen. Um, I think New Japan like just forming good relations with people, whereas uh, Vince, whoever's in control of WWE now, they don't really care about these dream matches as much. They're for the money. They want to get more eyes on the product, and I feel as though um, doing a crossover thing to AEW wouldn't necessarily do that. So mm-hmm. maybe AEW would be more in for it, more in uh, inclined to do that with WWE. But I feel as though the other way it wouldn't happen. Cool, cool. Well, that's a, a strong uh, opening gambit from you there for the front page. Steve, what do you think is the a bigger or better news story than everything surrounding Forbidden Door this week? Probably not bigger or better. It's it's, it's actually Forbidden Door related, <laughs> and it's Jungle Boy's shock heel turn. Mm-hmm. Um, is it much of a shock? Um, probably not. Now, now you think about it, it, it's a shock in terms of the timing. I would have thought they would have waited it uh, wait to do it further down the line at a, at a dynamite, or maybe cl- a bit closer to uh, all out uh, to do it. But they so they pulled the, the trigger on it very, very quick. I think it, I think the shock of it comes from a lot of people on the Discord that, that were on were expecting it to be Hook that does it, mm. uh, because the Jungle Boy, like he, he's he's probably one of the last guys that you would think would do a heel turn. He's he's, he's white white meat face. Right, uh, white meat baby face as it gets, and he's got the whole, you know, he's, he's a cute looking wee uh, wee guy. The last he's not, he's, he was, he'd be like the last guy you would expect. Um, but I, I think it was coming. I think it's something that spun off from the four pillars feud. And I remember talking to you about it the first time I was on here uh, with you, Chris. Um, as much as good as the four pillars feud was, I think it exposed Jungle Boy a lot. Mm. We, we gradually noticed the crowd turning against him and it got worse and worse each week to the point where on the rampage before uh, Forbidden Door, he was pretty much getting booed. He was against, uh, was that guy, Dookie? 
Yes. Um, from LIG. And um, he was getting, uh, you know, he was getting uh, the, the full crowd behind him to, uh, wanting to see Jungle Boy uh, get, you know, get beaten. Um, so I, th- I think it, it wasn't getting planned, but I think after on, on the on the reception of that match, I think Tony Khan said, we need to pull the trigger on your heel turn now mm-hmm. because it's going to get, uh, it's only going to get worse. And I'm, I'm really, really interested in it. It's like, like, because, you know, where's this going to go? And like, it's going to be really interesting to see him as a heel. I think he may even change his whole appearance. I think you'll, I think you'll get a haircut. I think you'll, you'll probably need to change his, his, uh, his, uh, moveset a wee bit as well. Mm. I also think, could they put him back with Christian in Luchasaurus? I mean, Christian is like one of the most hated heels in the company right now. Could you maybe reattach them? Maybe they see them uh, with Luchasaurus could go after the six-man titles? I, I, know, could... I think it's maybe a bit too early to put him back with, with Christian and Luchasaurus, but I think, you know, in terms of the the, the aesthetic of him, I think, you know, that, that needs a, an overhaul if, if he's going to be bought. As a as a heel, mm-hmm. I, I reckon they'll, they'll 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 drop Jungle Boy. They'll drop Jungle Boy as his name. It'll just it'll just be Jack Perry. Entrance that's gone now. Aye. I'm, I'm kind of glad of because I know it was a big crowd warmer, but it was getting a bit annoying in my regard. And, and I think I'm noticing AEW starting to claw back in that. Did you also notice Moxley's not using Wild Thing anymore? Is he not? No. No. Well, uh, uh, his entrance it. Uh, well, it was the whole BCC, but it wasn't well thing. It was it was a, a more generic thing they were using ah, right. because they're heels now, so they've got to stop getting getting those actions. Uh, aye, so they've got to move from that. Another theory I've got, I'm probably overthinking it, but we know that Guevara is going to uh, he's turning babyface. He's going to leave Jason. Could Jungle Boy take his place? Good, because I mean, Anna, remember, Anna Jay's already there, so... Anna Jay's his girlfriend, aye. So. Yeah, um, obviously, Woody, obviously with his dad, uh, being a big TV star and all this sort of stuff, aye. is there a good chance that he goes down that route of being like Hollywood, Jack Perry, um, that sort of... Good to him, yeah. <clears throat> he, he pretty much grew up in Beverly Hills, so that's aye. a possibility as well. No, there's a lot they can do with him, and because he is so young, you know, you could see him doing the, the, the big show flip-flop for the number of years, you know, go... You know, there's so much they can do with him, and if you think, you know, if if he does go down the the heel route, uh, which again, which eventually leads to a face turn, the pop for them bringing back Baltimore, bringing back the 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 Tarzan look, I suppose we would be absolutely off the chain as well. But mm-hmm. it'd be good to see that kind of ruthless side. Him. I mean, we spoke uh, a couple of podcasts ago about you know how Orange Cassidy has sometimes been, you know, been a bit uh, a bit cheaty to get his wins and things like that. Uh, if we see that kind of sne- sneakiness come in with Jack Perry, it'll maybe endear them a wee bit more uh, to, to the crowd. Because I think, you know, it's it's, it's kind of like uh, when you see a good-looking comedian. You know, you can't, you can't take a good-looking comedian seriously because, you know, they've obviously had too much go well in their life because of their good looks that they can't be funny. And I think yeah. with Jack Perry, because he's such a handsome lad, you know, it's hard to, to kind of... Relate to him, I suppose. I think that's maybe part of the the problem the fans have had him because he, you know, he does look too polished. You know, we know that he's he's a bit of a privileged background compared to somebody like you know Darby Allen or or Wardlow guys like that in the same kind of spot. I think as well, he's he's not terrible. He's not terrible in the mic, but he does. I think try too hard. 
his deliveries on uh, uh, of his lines sometimes, and I think um, that's made a lot of fans think oh, I kind of get behind this guy. Quite similar to Ricochet, a wee bit, aye, a wee. <laughs> Not boring or anything. It's just like he's tried to. I remember one promo during the Christian feud, where he he, he, he tried to imply that Christian had a small dick Aye. or something. And I thought you're just been a wee boy there. You're, it's just it's just wee boy humour. I can't even can't get my Cool, cool. Well, I mean that's that is any other week. I would say that that would be a strong contender, Steve. But I think there's no denying that Forbidden Door has been the, the biggest story of the week. Uh, so, Lewis, you're getting the front page with the headline, Forbidden Door Cannot Be Knocked. So, well done uh, for getting that there. I thought my, my headline would have would uh, would have been uh, hook, uh, sorry, Jungle Hook Gets the Hook. Well, I had uh, uh, Jungle Jack's Hook Lines a Stinker. Uh, uh, so, uh, that's why you're there, though. That's, that's why I'm there, though. Uh, but we're, we're going to go with, with Lewis on that one. Uh, yeah, well done, Lewis. So what we'll do now is, as always, we'll move from the front page to the back page with the best ending action of the week. And I'll come to you first on that one, Steve. What would you have as your pick of match of the week? How can it not be in Lewis? I apologise because I think you're probably... Already picked as well. It's it's a, it's a mega osprey. How uh, can we'll, it not be? We'll just we'll just declare it now. Like this, like the match of the week has got to be a mega osprey. So you guys take it away. You can you can chat about that uh, for for the next wee while. Aye, it was it was it was effectively it, felt, it was actually like three matches in one almost, and uh, the uh, so much happened in it. It's, it's almost impossible to, where to begin. It had a nice kind of steady. Set up for the kind of first minute, then they immediately kicked it into high gear, and there was just so many memorable spots. Um, starting from like when Osprey um, took Omega outside and just started beating his fucking head off the like the, the banner on the the commentators table, um, and that was echoing back to uh, Wrestle Kingdom when Omega did it him on the on the table, um, and then Osprey. Uh, licking the the blood off his bicep and getting the you sick fuck chant um, off the off the kids uh, off the crowd and then he went out to the the kids that um, they were calling like shouting at him you suck and then he took the Canadian flag you know wiped his ass with it and all that like call back to when Sean did that in Montreal against Brett and then Omega you know getting the flag off him taking it back out to those those kids. Which really popped them, and that was a really nice touch as well. Um, then there was the probably the steel steps. I mean, Jesus Christ! Um, the I can't, was that a brainbuster or was it a pile driver? I can't remember. Uh, the bit in the, on the steel steps. It was. It was definitely somebody getting getting dropped horrifically on them. Aye, and it was early, and it was and it was a sideways one. It was. It wasn't like mm. how it's meant to be. Set. It was a sideways. They were a bit bloody. Seven feet in the air doing it as well, but but of course the memorable one because you've already said it. Jesus Christ, that tiger driver! Oh my God, man! I shot myself. I thought I thought I made God's neck was gone. I know, I, like it was, I, it was it was horrific looking. I mean, my, my uh-huh. shits shot themselves. What it? it was <laughs> like I, again for you know with, with my limited experience in the ring. 
you know, seeing anybody get dropped in their head or their neck is always horrific, whether it's in training, mm-hmm. whether it's in matches, that kind of thing. And it just shows you at the highest, highest level the 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 level that those guys are operating on to pull off that spot and not be dead after it is just phenomenal. You know, neck training, shoulder training, whatever, just unreal dedication to the to the bit to Aye. be able to pull, pull that manoeuvre off and neither of them being crippled for the rest of their life. Aye, and, and so late in the match as well when they're both drenched in sweat and blood where, um, you know, anything can happen. Well, and the fact they're probably by then knackered as well mm-hmm. and yet to still pull it off is just insane. So, if there's maybe one minor wee teeny criticism is I don't like how Carlos gets sent back only for him to be only for him to come back out, yeah, sneakily give Osprey uh, the screwdriver. Yeah, like, well, I, I like well, maybe I've just kept him in the back in the first place, then bring him out halfway mm. through the match. Um, I thought that was a bit pointless, but other than that, it's a, it's an old timer. It's a it's a classic and. I think even better than the the, the Tokyo Dome match. I, th- I think I think the the red hot Toronto crowd added to it. I'm not mm-hmm. knocking Japanese crowds; they're just different. But I think in front of uh, a red hot, largely indie wrestling uh, loving uh, 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 crowd, I think that really added to it. What about yourself, Lewis? What what were your sort of thoughts on the 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 forty minute epic? Yeah. Um... In terms of the difference between the Japanese crowds and that, it's more of a it's more of a, cla- a, a clap they get for things. I think a, a pop, a, I think a pop ad anything doesn't it? See if like a pop ad massive amount. See if Edge came out of the Royal Rumble in two thousand. Was it twenty one? And Evan clapped. Aye. He'd go all right for them second and then go all right, <laughs> Edge. Uh, but the pop just. Adds to the match a, a million times, and when it's when it's as good, um, I think being in front of an American crowd, especially ones are or a, a Canadian crowd, the uh, bizarro world, as uh, WWE commentators would like to put it, it's always it always adds to the show. And in terms of the match, I think it had a, had a strong sort of attitude a feel to it at points, um, which would resonate with uh, fans who are more more in it for the story and. Then it it twisted ten seconds later straight into a New Japan sort of uh, indie match, which resonates with the next set of fans. That's what I mean, like with the three matches in one, it was like it was, it was like a merging of like all the all the cultures of wrestling almost into one. And like even like when Omega got the the foot break, like have you ever seen a a, a foot break pin get a, a pop of that? Who'd ever thought you would ever that would happen? I think the, the only one I've, I can remember recall was. WrestleMania when Owens and Owens and Jericho when Owens had the break with the finger eye. That's the kind of only kind of time I've seen a pop like that happen to have a rope break. Never on Seth Rollins as well is the only other one I can think of. Aye, which was sort of out of nowhere as well. Mm. Um, anything else about that? You've covered it pretty well there. Um, Do you think that uh, we'll see uh, the the trilogy ended at uh, All In? I think that's. I think that's the only reason that Osprey's won. I think Tony Khan, because Omega's such a massive star in in, in AEW and America as well, that it, it, it's going to be very hard to 
can make him lose to someone that mm-hmm. a massive set of fans, a casual fan, probably wouldn't know who Will Ospreay is, or maybe with the biggest idea. Yeah, Get him for like 70,000, and sky's the limit. But also, here's the other cool thing it would be all three matches for the United States title, and none of them would be in, Ameri- in America because it'd be Japan, Canada, and England. Yep, and not competed for by Americans either. Right, <laughs> But again, I don't know. I'm I'm a bit of a bubble over here in Belfast. I don't know if it's any different for you guys in Scotland. In general, do you think British wrestling fans see Osprey as being a British bulldog for this generation? Someone, someone British that they can. I, I, I think more of a dynamite kid. Much more a dynamite kid. Yeah, he's left. I, I, I think Drew's Drew's more closer to Build baby boy. Mm-hmm. Like he's done his piece. He's obviously done his piece in the UK, but he's gone. He's gone quite early doors and made more of a name in Japan, uh, which basically would have them thinking he's one of their own, even though he's not uh, born there, grew up there, anything like that. I would see him more as a, a sort of Japanese wrestler, as a um, as opposed to sort of the, the traditional sort of grapple-based UK wrestlers that. Um, you think of when you think of the UK. Zack Sabre Jr. is much more your th- traditional yeah, UK guy. Uh, well, well, this was going to say, obviously, Zack Sabre Jr. was involved in the, the international uh, championship four-way match. Do you think there's room for him on the, the all-in card as well off the back of Forbidden Door? Do you think he's another hope, one? I would hope so they would give him something. Um, uh, what it would be, I, I don't know. Would it be? Would it be against... Orange Cassidy, I, I, I really want, I really want that to be Pack. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. mentioned that to you before. I want that, I want Pack to get the rematch against him. Um, maybe I could see them doing a big battle royal thing because, like, everybody's going to be going to be wanting to be on this card. Like every, obviously every W guy, but I think there'll be some New Japan guys, uh, not like you know, on the WhatsApp chat to. Tony can go and can I get a spot? So I think in the main do a row. The only thing, the only thing I'm, I'm worried that maybe Osprey and Sabre Junior wouldn't be on it is because I think the G1 is just finishing and they'll probably mm-hmm. be knackered. And G1 matches are always high intense, okay. bruising affairs. So they might be a wee bit beaten up. And New Japan might say to them, "No, look, you've just, you just been off the the G1. You're carrying injuries. We do not want you." Uh, you know, um, you know, risking it. If they say if you're going to be on it, we want used to be in multi-man matches, but it's a bit safer. Mm-hmm. So you, I think I, it's a good way of protecting them, especially if they are yeah. coming off the back. Of, you know, not not just the the intensity of the G1, but all the travelling and stuff that's probably that's involved with that as well, too, and from uh, the UK as well. But. I mean that's chat for you know August time when whenever yeah. all in is happening, uh, but there's no denying that the back page this week of the Daft sheet is going to be dominated by Osprey and Omega, and the headline I've got for that is Osprey Omega. Oh my God! So we'll <laughs> go with that. Now uh, the centerfold this week is a bit of a special one. Now uh, the joy of being the editor of an aggregated wrestling news show is that you just get to talk in hyperbole and punt everybody else's work. There's not a lot that you need to do yourself. Uh, and it means there's also means that there is absolutely no issue whatsoever with me revealing to you, the Daft Sheet listeners, that this week's centrefold interview is with none other than the owner, funder and booker of All Elite Wrestling himself, Tony Khan. Roll the tape. 
This week's centrefold there's a listen back at the best bits of Tony Khan's pre-Forbidden Door press conference and reviewing how his words played out on the show. The first clip here is of Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful Select asking Tony Khan about putting CM Punk up against Kojima and why he wanted that match so badly. Hey Tony, uh, you, you've booked CM Punk against Kojima, which is very clearly a match that CM Punk has wanted for a long time. He's even referenced Kojima in, in interviews as, like 18 years ago, but there was word that he could be facing Kenta and maybe there were some issues there. Is there anything you can speak on in regards to that? Because, I mean, you all had to make a lot of changes to last year, and that seems like could have been the case this year as well. Well, this is a really strong card for Sunday's event. I'm incredibly excited about it, and I think this is a great hard-hitting match, and this is the match I want to see. And it's worked out perfectly that Sunday's card is – in my opinion, the most stars we've ever had on any pay-per-view we've ever done. It is such a star-studded show, and I thought it was very fitting that one of the most decorated champions in the history of Japan, Satoshi Kojima, who has been the globally honor, uh, the GHC champion, the global honored crown winner, uh, the IWGP heavyweight champion, the triple crown champion and to have one of the most decorated heavyweights ever in japan to come here and wrestle one of the most decorated heavyweights ever in america cm punk it's a huge matchup and i think it's very fitting that it's in this great owen hart tournament field where we have so many great matchups lined up and i thought it was a great match to kick off the tournament uh and i'm really excited about it uh and i think kojima for us is an amazing get and somebody I was really excited to have in. He was involved in the biggest pay-per-view we ever had, All Out 2021, which is the most successful non-WWE wrestling event on pay-per-view since the 90s. And he was a great part of that event. He had a great match with John Moxley, and I loved working with Kojima, and he was somebody I really wanted to bring back to this event. So I was very excited about it. And for me personally, Kojima versus Punk is a match I've always wanted to see. I think they both always wanted to wrestle each other. So it's a great, great match for us on the card. And as for anybody else that was allegedly going to be involved or allegedly rumored, I really can't comment to that. But I would say that as it stands, I think this is our best card, our best iteration of a card. And I feel like it's a stacked show with the most star power we've ever presented this Sunday on pay-per-view. Thanks, man. We can safely say that TK was late to book this one. Punk looked like he was having an absolute ball throughout the match, not just from being in the ring with Kojima, but with the booze from the Toronto crowd, it seemed to bring the beginnings of the impending heel turn to the fore. Repeating the Hogan leg drop from Collision the night before, taunting Kojima with Lariat in the corner in reference to his old ROH promo, was the perfect setup for him later getting elbow dropped square in the balls. Putting a show like this together takes a lot of cooperation from all parties. So when Zach from the Pro Wrestling Torch asked TK about the relationship building needed to pull off this year's Forbidden Door, Tony spoke of the friendships made in getting things to Toronto. Zach's uh, question from PW Torch is pretty straightforward. How was booking this year's Forbidden Door event different different than putting on the inaugural event last year? Well, that's a, that's a really great question. 
it's been different, and I'll talk to you about how it's been different. First of all, the rapport has been built. I already had a really good connection with Rocky, but Ghetto and I were getting to know each other better last year. Now I feel really close to Ghetto. I think we're friends and have a great relationship. And he was actually in the office with me working last night, and it was great to have him there. And uh, in addition to having a better connection with Ghetto-san and, and having built a closer relationship and, and even more trust than we had going into last year, which I think we'd worked together at a distance, you know, sending people back and forth, talking through Rocky, but really built a personal rapport last year that's gotten stronger. And I really like Ghetto and really respect him. And and also with the on the business side, I've built a stronger connection with Obari-san. And Mr. Obari's done a great job with the New Japan Pro Wrestling office in the business side, building that as Ghetto has done an amazing job with the booking and creative, and I love working with both of them. I think they're both tremendous. That's been a great part of it. Also, this year, thankfully, knock wood, I'm looking for some wood close to me right now. I might have to get up and walk around. Uh, this will have to do. Uh, we are not as injury-bitten as we were last year at this time. Last year was the most challenging run of injuries that I've ever been through in any sport. This is my 12th year in the National Football League. I've spent seven years as the director of football at Fulham Football Club, and now we've been go going through AEW over four years on pay-per-view and, and done hundreds of events. Never have I seen anything like what happened last year between Double or Nothing and Forbidden Door in terms of huge stars getting injured, and in all different kinds of ways, not just one thing. Uh, the injury bug truly bit us hard and we were able to persevere we worked really hard and on the new japan side there were challenges too obviously there were some big names there that didn't make the show i'm very excited to have ishii participating in the show this weekend for example because last year that that was a challenge uh on his end and of course for aew brian danielson versus okada it's a huge dream match and it's a huge step for aew that brian danielson's part of the event this year last year uh CM Punk broke his foot before the event, and he was supposed to have a big match with Tanahashi, and now we have another incredible match nobody thought they were going to get to see with Punk versus Kojima in an Owen Hart Foundation tournament quarterfinal. Uh, and Kenny Omega is one of the biggest stars in AEW and one of the biggest stars ever in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Kenny Omega is here. Uh, and having the rematch with Will Ospreay under these incredible circumstances on AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door. Last year, so many of these great stars were not available, and we still had what was, in the opinion of so many fans all over the world, the greatest wrestling show in the world all year last year. And this year, we haven't had those same issues with injuries. It's been, there have been issues, but it's been great uh, putting the show together, and I feel like it's been less challenging in many ways to get to this point. And we had a show that was so great last year, and people had questions going in if, if we were going to be able to make it as good as it looked on paper and as good as it originally looked on paper. And we were able to do that despite all those injuries, all those challenges. This year, it feels like the card has come together without that same wave of injuries 
that affected last year's show. And so I believe we can do an even better show this Sunday at Forbidden Door on pay-per-view. I think the show can be even better than last year's show, which is one of the greatest things I've ever been associated with. And by all accounts, those relationships have proven fruitful, as Forbidden Door brought AEW's biggest live event gate receipts so far and delivered multiple four- to five-star cross-promotion matches as well. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Amy from WrestleJoy then asked about the BCC v Elite 5-on-5 match and the intertwining storylines the match was bringing together. Can you talk about bringing this match together with people from different backgrounds who may not even get along necessarily but have the same goal in taking down the BCC or, in Kingston's case, just Claudio? Thank you. Well, thank you very much. I think it's a very exciting match. There are some really fascinating dynamics at play. Uh, Wheeler Yuta brought up a pretty good point today. I guess he's officially out of chaos now, for sure. Uh, and uh, I think he has been for a while, as we've seen, but uh, that amused me. Uh, well, I uh, think there are a lot of fascinating dynamics at work here. Certainly, uh, with Tomohiro Ishii and his involvement, he's got such an amazing history with some of his own teammates here. Like you said, he's fought against the elite. He's fought against the Bullet Club at times, and certainly he's fought against Eddie Kingston. Uh, And we've also seen Ishii have great matches against the BCC. They had a great six-man match at Dominion, and one of the best matches I've seen in recent years was Ishii versus Moxley in the G1 in 2019. And I think there are so many fascinating dynamics here. Certainly the dynamic between Eddie Kingston and John Moxley is a major emotional hook to this match. And I thought John Moxley and what he said and, the, and his behavior and his demeanor added a lot to the show yesterday. And it was a great, great ending to the show, I thought, to have several of the matches intersect and then have... Uh, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley have that interaction in the ring and build some anticipation for Sunday. Certainly, I think that got people more interested in what's going to happen there. And when Eddie said he had a partner, he he meant it. He brought a, one of the top wrestlers in the world out in Ishii-san. And I think that's going to be an amazing 10-man tag match. The emotion that ran through this match, particularly with Kingston and Mox, is one of those intangibles that we as wrestling fans love to see. And when you factor in Ishii, Takeshita, and everyone else that was involved in the match, how could you not love what went down in this one? Kudos to you, Tony Khan. That was a belter as well. 
<clears throat> and finally, Dave Meltzer wanted to know more about CM Punk's now infamous one bill fill line and poked TK to find out how the locker room may or may not have reacted. Okay, hey, how are you doing, um, yeah, on the um, on the first on the first collision show Friday night, um, CM Punk made the reference to the term "one bill fill," and of course, you know, watching that, I'm going like, we've all heard the rumors and everything like that. I guess the best way to say is there smoke to that fire now that it was sort of referenced on television, or would you just kind of say it was a figure of speech? Well, it was a throwback in many ways uh, to the wrestling. I grew up on, and I remember being a teenage kid in high school and watching wrestling on TNT, watching a two-hour wrestling show every week on TNT and seeing a, a huge wrestling star of the time come out and reference Ted Turner on TNT. And I thought it was pretty cool to turn forward the clock to the present day and have a big wrestling star of the moment on TV referencing Mr. Zasloff, and especially given the way this show came to be, given that it was in the 90s where Ted Turner said, I want to give a slot on Monday night on TNT to pro wrestling, and here we are in 2023, and Mr. Zasloff, he runs the Turner Networks, and also he runs a large percentage of entertainment, and uh, he's the boss of Warner Brothers Discovery, movie studios, TV channels, and so many things. And it's amazing to see how far that Turner empire has come and what it's become from what we, as wrestling fans, knew as the empire of TBS, TNT, TCM, CNN, and those great channels. Uh, and now with wrestling on TNT on Saturday nights, this was Mr. Zaslov's idea. He was the one who said, give two hours, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, every Saturday night to AEW. And we created Collision. And it was, I thought, very fitting to see Phil give a shout-out to Mr. Zaslov. And it's no secret that AEW, uh, we're trying to grow our revenues, chasing that media bag. So I thought that was uh, very cool and a nice nod to the growing business that is AEW, where we're doing now multi-million dollar live gates, uh, sell out international shows, and got a video game launching, and we've already got nine-figure revenues, and we're growing and growing and pushing to hit that magic number that Phil referenced. So uh, I think it was, it was very cool and uh, a nice nod to what a hot time it is in the wrestling business and how exciting it is for pro wrestling in the media space right now because it feels like there's a lot of pro wrestling on TV and for a fan, especially, well, for all fans, for I was about to say one specific age group of fans, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'll take it across all age groups because I think it's whether you were there 20-something years ago and had all this wrestling on TV and knew what it was like to have wrestling almost every night on TV and be able to find it whenever you wanted, because it wasn't like that for a long time for a lot of us. And it feels like it is again now, where there's a lot of wrestling on TV, and that's because of the fans, because fans are supporting it and uh, making wrestling good business again for the TV networks. So 
I thought it was very cool as we premiere a new show to reference that and what's happening in the world of media. Uh, and uh, it was a great debut, and that was a big part of it. So uh, I enjoyed it. Thanks, Dave. In complete politician mode, TK dodged what Dave was throwing at him, but explaining how happy he was with the callback to Turner Times shows that Tony Khan sees Collision as being a strong alternate show to Dynamite, with CM Punk as his Saturday night superstar. So yeah, that was Tony Khan uh, speaking before Forbidden Door. Uh, answering a lot of questions from proper uh, wrestling journalists and people in the media, the thing that I can only aspire to be a part of. So while Tony is answering those questions and Sean Doss Sapp and Dave Meltzer are getting to tickle his balls a wee bit, I am on here with you guys looking to fill page three of this week's daft sheet. So, uh, Lewis, I'll come to you first. Uh, what has been the most titillating uh, piece of wrestling news that you think deserves to go on the page three this week? Um, I don't know. There's not. I wouldn't say there's been too much, uh, too much crazy gossip, but I've gone with Vince McMahon's fingerprints. <laughs> it's slowly turning into grasps and claws at this creative again. It's it's not all of it. You can see that it's not all of it, but it comes to a point where you're watching an episode of SmackDown or Raw or something, and something ridiculous will happen, or something just completely not like shite will happen, and you'll go, "Well, you know exactly who booked that, you know exactly who chose that point there." Um, and things like obviously Carmelo Hayes um, coming out on Raw is reminiscent of. Obviously, he had a better show than Karrion Cross did when he mm. came out, but it's, it's a fact. And Walter, when it was the case at Survivor Series, things like that, it just bring out big dominant uh, superstars from NXT and they either lose or they get embarrassed. And even though it was a good match for Carmelo Hayes, he's, he's done well, he's put himself across this. I, I don't massively think that was a Triple H call. Um, I think there would have been maybe a bit more shenanigans not giving him a clean loss um, but just other parts of the shows I think Triple H would want to give more more time to the to the to the women uh, women's side of it things like that um, and I can only see it going back into the sort of routine of it of Vince McMahon changing these shows like he is even if he changed it and had a wee bit of time, you know how well he's done with the bloodline story, but changing these on the fly, whatever it is, a day, two days, 30 minutes, tune in the show, mm-hmm. it's never it's never going to give compelling TV. Um, so I think yeah, Vince McMahon sort of overpowering his son-in-law is, is my gossip for this week. I, it's It was always the fear that once uh, Vince was allowed back into the fold after the the Endeavour sale and everything earlier this year, that he would uh, he'd start getting his mucky paws into the, the storylines and whatnot. And the, the six or so months that Triple H was, was fully in charge with some of the, the best storytelling. I mean, outside of the bloodline, you know, they're always fairly decent on a regular basis. Other stuff going on in SmackDown was, was not too bad. But for all intents and purposes, since uh, Vince has come back in, and you know things seem to be be ebbing and flowing, peaking and troughing quite a bit. 
and then if you believe the reports that you read on on Twitter and stuff about uh, about uh, Nick Khan and Triple H being unhappy with stuff that's going on, we've Vince changing things at the last minute again. It's it's never going to change till the cunt dies. Like it's it's just and I, you know I know that's, help sure. it's, it's maybe harsh saying that, but it just like he just cannot let go. And I mean, fair enough, you know he's for you know separating the 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 art from the artist, however one you. You, you want to see it? His the the way that he's modelled modern professional wrestling over the last thirty forty years. You can't knock it. You can't knock what he's done. But he, he's just he's he's going out there and just spoiling so many careers and characters and trajectories and all that. It's just it's 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 quite sad to see, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I think I've said this before in charts and that. There was no chance in hell he was ever going to wander off and take up fishing or golfing day to day. He's been doing this job half his life. You know, he was never going to wo- uh, walk away fr- from that. It was going to be impossible. It was, it was, it was always going to be a case. He was going to wait for all the the Me Too stuff to die away. Mm. Wait till the Endeavour uh, deal is announced, and then slowly make his way back back in. It, it, it was always on the cards, and you, you're you're always good for Triple H because look at all that hard work he he did uh, first to get NXT off the ground, make it the success um, it, it's it's became. But then, you know, we've seen it with so many debuts. Um, you, you mentioned the Lewis carrying cross. I've lost count the amount of underwhelming NXT. Uh, Post NXT Corp debuts, mm. there's been like the Viking Raiders was the infamous one. What was it? The the Viking Experience I've, was that one where they were called the first night in Raw or something? And is that another thing you I go mean, to Jorvik? The, the Viking was, Experience, you know, it's, uh, it's, the, it's the the VR, it's the VR um, uh, storyline thing you get at the Jor- Jorvik Center in New York. Aye, um, not as bad as he tried to call Gunther though. The uh, start, so. I like it's like. Even uh, you yeah, look at I, even how he's dropped the ball, the likes of Johnny Gargano. Johnny Johnny Gargano, you know, coming coming up, which should have had all the momentum in the world. It was the the poster boy for the NXT. You know, he was mm-hmm. the the workhorse down there, and you know, just absolutely wasting him. Aye, Vince just takes one one look at him. Look, not not a skin endy boy. Not don't want him. That's that's what happens. It's like. Um, I mean, I'm going to contradict myself in a in a minute with uh, with my um, uh, my piece of uh, gossip, though, because <laughs> it actually relates to what you you've said, Lewis. It's um, it's the news about Carmelo Hayes um, and his uh, and his call up. Apparently, you know, management are really really high on him now. I don't know if that's Vince or Triple H. It's probably much more likely Triple H. Triple H is a clear fan. Um, but he's also got the advantage of mainly coming through the WWE system. He had he only had uh, a year or two in the Indies. Other than that, he has a pretty much a WWE pro, uh, a product. Um, he wrestles the WWE style. I haven't actually seen a lot of them. I, I think I saw the Braun Breaker match and I saw one or two matches he had as the North American champion. But I know it's not. He's very WWE uh, styled. He's you know, he's not a flip guy. He's he's quite conservative without being uh, boring. Kind of like, uh, I guess, a Randy Orton. 
Mm. Again, he, he is the typical WWE wrestler, isn't he? He's, he's in that kind of mold, and he's also really good in the mic, and he's got that uh, that looking and style that they want in a star. And I think they've been looking for this ever since Name Redacted um, got himself uh, buried. Um, Name Redacted, I meant Velveteen Dream. Because <laughs> yeah. he was. Aye, I think um, it's like there's, there's so many of them. Like <laughs> you need to have a bit. <laughs> aye. So I, th- I think I think they've been because Velveteen Dream declared big big plans for him, and then mm. the stupid prick that he was, he pissed it all away um, with his behaviour, etc. Um, so I think they've seen Carmelo Hayes as the guy that's going to fill that void. Um, I know you're saying, Lewis, that it's it's not the best debut, but look, losing to Finn Balor when Finn Balor is about to get a title shot just days before a pay-per-view, that's not the worst thing to ever happen. And Camille Hayes is one of these guys that's talented and capable enough to uh, to uh, recover from that. He is, he's still the NXT champion, I think he will remain so... Um, for the foreseeable future, I think. No, definitely positives of him being on Raw. Um, but he's taking a bit of a bad. Yeah, I, I think I think he's a guy in the coming years we're going to see um, a, a lot of. I think I can see him maybe. I, I'm still waiting for them to do something big with Montez Ford. Mm. Um, I, I still think he, further down the line, is going to be a heel. I think maybe Camilla Hayes is going to be his kind of arts rival in the coming years. I can see those two doing a lot of good stuff together. It'd uh, be good foil for each other. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, my, I've not watched NXT since the, the Black and Gold days, so I don't really know too much about Camilla Hayes or Blonde Breaker or any of them. But was Camilla Hayes featured quite prominently on the NXT episode of a week where Seth Rollins went, went down to fight Breaker? Was he featured in that? I didn't watch it. Because if, if Hayes has done something on that show, then that maybe makes sense to then bring the eyes from NXT uh, on it all, all with them. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, I, I'll, I'm go back to, you know, the it's the wasting of NXT talent when they come up. It's It's been something that's gone on for, for quite a while. And right. I think, you know, the, the rumours last week as well that, you know, they they were going to bring Champa back to to for their open challenge where with Seth Rollins, but I get I get pulled like twenty minutes before the show went to air, and instead they just had them do the the thing where with the Miz. Has Champa done anything on the main roster? No, because he's he's been there what he's, since COVID there, isn't he? He's been in the main roster. I can't think of one significant thing, one significant match he's had, and he and he this guy was the 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 most talked about heel in wrestling at one point. He had that bright, bright one with the NXT title. Had that uh, that all timer feud with with Gargano. You would have thought, you know, they, they, they need to, you know strike uh, strike with Iron's hot with him, but no, nothing's happened. Uh, he's 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 one of those ones. Like I, I know that when he was in NXT, there was a lot of chat about how he didn't want to go to the main law stuff because he didn't want to be traveling. Uh, all the time because I think he he just did kids and stuff like that. So you know, he's, I think he, he did not just have the neck injury as well. Aye, aye. but again, it's just it's 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 a waste of the talent. Uh, I mean, I think I think there's there's some guys in it's like I, I'm really surprised Braun Breaker hasn't been pulled up yet, like called up because he seems he's a guy that I think is made for Raw or SmackDown. Nah, he he is a he's a Vince guy. Mm. He's on route. 
he's on route to the main roster, one hundred percent. And do you think, Lewis? Do you think that Vince being back and having his 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 dirty fingers everywhere, do you think that that is going to be the detriment to others in NXT? You know, from getting called up because obviously, you know, you've got you've got your headline names in NXT, your Breakers, Carmelo Hayes. Uh, I was going to say Grayson Waller, but he's already been called up. But like the Chase U, even mm-hmm. even like Gallus, you know, I'm surprised Gallus never get called up in that that draft or there. Do you think that that Vince is probably going to stymie those guys from from getting the call up, or do you think uh, he's he's in a good position to be to be a good judge of what's going to work in these these main shows? I I, I don't think he's he's a, a good judge of obviously he's. I'm not the one booking the shows. I'm not the billionaire. If I knew what he knew, I'd probably would be. <laughs> but the it is. I think even with saying Brom Breakers or Vince Guy, things like that. I think even if he came up and had Vince's paw prints all over him, he'd still somehow fuck him up. Yeah, well. I mean, you would. We always thought Keith Lee was going to be a Vince Guy, exactly. and then. Five minutes later, his name was, uh, what was it, Bearcat? Yeah, <laughs> he had a look at him going, I'm going to call you Bearcat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then things like uh, Pretty Deadly, they'll come up, they'll do their thing, they'll be gone uh, after a couple of title shots, maybe a, a little title. He's about eight, eight tag teams, so. Exactly. His new shiny toy will be up, whether that's Brombreaker next and then. Ilya Dragunov after that, and then he'll be he'll come up hundred percent in Imperium as the foreign heel because he is foreign. Um, the stereotypes that Vince loves to have, and um, you'll never he, he probably won't come up as a sort of a the wrestler that he has been on and WXW all the Germany mm. shows where he's been the big the big face facing off against uh, Walter. Um, the home hero, the crowd hero, all that sort of thing, and then um, I don't. He, he's even worse for the women when they come up. Aye. he's he's terrible with the men, but when the women come up, there's always start. Whether that was a Triple H call, or what has she done? She's in the Money in the Bank match. She's going to be someone who is there to be the sixth competitor. It might bite my words if she she wins, but I highly doubt that happening. If he was to bring up Cora uh, Jade or. Whoever you've just seen, um, obviously the whatever they're being called now, uh, obviously Kaylee Ray and Isla Dawn, Alba Fire and mm. Isla Dawn, they've come up, sat up, watched SmackDown because it was interesting in that match. Pretty underwhelming match, lost the titles instantly. Where are they going to go from here? Completely out of the picture. You've got Raquel going, uh, Rodriguez sitting ringside. You knew what was happening in that match straight away. Um, looks like a Vince called me that match. It's rare, Ripley. I, um, I'm after you for if, if Vince is in full control because <clears throat> like she is, she, you know, she is the big, the, the, easily the best women's star right now. But um, you know, he, um, you know, Vince would just look at her as a a China. Yeah, like a, he, he, he would he would want her to be like a a kind of a sideshow piece kind of thing. It's his, his women have got to be. Long, uh, long blonde, long blonde hair, double D's, and a, a statuesque figure. Aye, no shock that that's his background. You, know, no. you could you could easily see like uh, uh, the other way in in Dominic being turned into some sort of Beth Phoenix and Santino type deal. 
Could you know, be, down the uh, line we, we, we've been there. But uh, to move on from this section, Peach, the, I'm going to give it to you, Lewis. I mean, we've, it's what we've mainly talked about. I know you, you mentioned Carmelo Hayes' uh, debut there. There's been a, a big thing, but uh, Vince being back involved and pissing everybody off, I think, is the, the worthy winner on this occasion. And the headline we're going to go for with that one is the McMahon comes around, sigh in brackets, again. <laughs> uh so uh, so that one's going to go in there for you, Lewis. Uh, now, we're going to run into the TV pages now, the things that are wrestling-related but not necessarily wrestling. Nailed it. Uh, we're going to go for uh, what to watch, basically, uh, that's uh, involved with wrestling somehow tenuously over the, the next week or so. So I'll come to you first on this one. Uh, Steve, what do you think is the, the best thing we should be looking out for to watch? Putting other um, eyes. It's, it's not not much I, I have got, but I, I saw a really nice interview uh, that Chris Van Van Feely did. Um, it's a hard one to pronounce. Um, Chris Van Feely, if you don't know, a really good uh, journalist. The um, he made his way in the wrestling, but he's now huge. He's, he now mm. uh, interviews big movie stars. He did one with Chris Hemsworth a few weeks ago. He also interviewed. Guys like Henry Cavill and um, he's more successful me, you know. He's, <laughs> he's, he's like he's living a he's, he's living uh, he's living a dream. He's insanely good looking as well. I look at him, go, you are way too good looking about wrestling fan boy. That, that, that's what I mean. He's he's more successful me. I think <laughs> 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 like, um, he does some MMA guys as well. But anyway, um, it was a really nice interview. He's put up the the full twenty five minutes Thursday night. Early night, I think we can all agree is. Um, maybe the most over guy in WWE right now, fan wise. He's he got that, en- that enormous pop on Raw last week where he dissed uh, Logan Paul. Um, you know he's, he's getting he's getting the biggest pop uh, whenever his entrance uh, comes on. And it was just a really nice wholesome interview. Van uh, is just asking him, you know, did you expect any of this? And he says not one bit. And also, it's like when when did you notice? Um, it was getting big, and he mentioned the the SmackDown. I think it was a few weeks before WrestleMania, where Drew and Sheamus were were cutting a promo, and he came out and he heard the the pop he got. He thought, "Oh wow, that's uh, uh, I wasn't expect uh, expecting that." And then by the time he got to WrestleMania, he didn't even have a match, and yet he had people cheering his name, large section of the crowd cheering his name. And that's, I mean, you know, you're over when. People are chanting your name when you're not even there, um, and you know he also just uh, he also t- talks about the possibility of money in the bank. Now, obviously, he didn't give it away because he can't. Um, but you know, is he the man that's going to win it? I don't know. Um, I think I think we're all kind of expecting it to be Logan Paul, and I wouldn't. I'm not. I say right. The purest in me doesn't want it to happen, but the you know the the businessman in me, the, the sensible side in me thinks you know what it's going to help uh, make uh, it's going to help things pop again in the mainstream. Logan Paul is one of these guys right. that's everywhere. Like he's been on the news regarding the prime drinks. I mean KSI. He had all these he even get invited in that uh, submersible thing as well, didn't he? Aye, yeah. He, he was all. Was he on Jonathan Ross recently or something? I'm sure. 
You're not popping that. Nah. I, if I thought I could have swore he was on that. Aye. Aye. So, you know, he is an A-lister. And look, ha- having him troll about with the money bank briefcase is only going to be good. Uh, it's only be good, only be good news for WWE. That's going to, you know, trend like fuck on, on Instagram and on, on Twitter. That's the stuff they, that's the kind of stuff they want. So, you know what? They're probably not long after that. They'll put the belt on him. They'll think, fuck it. Let's go all out in this one. Let's grab a hold as much dosh as we can. Uh, uh, here and just go all out. And you know what? If it make you know, if, if you know, if I'm a businessman, I'd do that as well. And if I had that other opportunity, but so what I you're think, saying is Chris, Bla- uh, Chris Van Vliet should have interviewed Logan Paul. Probably, <laughs> probably, he'll probably, he'll probably get him next. Oh, I no doubt. Uh, but no, I, it's the the clips that I've seen for the, the LA Night interview, whether it's been Chris Van Vliet or Stephanie Chase or Alex McCarthy, you know, whatever he's been popping up, he has been money. Uh, nice. He's you know he's full of sound bites. He's full of you know he's he's talked a lot about uh, how uh, Vince saw him as being too old at age forty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in one of the interviews, you know, that's why was, that's why it was Max Dupree as well. So so uh, yeah, it's. You know, regardless of whether this wins uh, the uh, the the TV pages section of the the daft sheet, you know, seeking out any interview with him, I think, is worthwhile. Uh, Lewis, nah, he's, just a, he's just a great media guy. He is. He is. He's he's, he's top to for that. Uh, Lewis, what do you think uh, our listeners should be watching this week? Um, I, 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 to be honest with you, mate, um, I feel like these are always the hardest pages because of. Um, I've had to go with someone that I don't think is out yet. Um, I'm not sure it was out yet. It's just come out, but there's there's talks or there's or it's out yet of a Kurt Angle documentary. Really? Uh, yeah. Not sure if it's out yet or not, but I think that's a a pretty good person to have a, a documentary on. I, I'm not sure if it's going to be one of the WWE ones or um one of the sort of A and E ones or whatever. Uh, but. He's had a long, a long career um, of ups and downs, and even further downs, bottom of the barrel stuff. And if it's a WWE one, it'll skip from about two thousand and three or two thousand and five <laughs> to two thousand twenty. Uh, but he's been a lot of places. He's seen a lot of things. Uh, he's had a lot of demons as mm. well. So I think whether that comes out uh, sooner, whenever it is. It's definitely worth a watch um, because he's, he's basically turned his life around and I suppose it would be a good watch as well in terms of it would be quite quite upsetting uh, throughout the bad parts of his life but he's one of those few stories um, in wrestling that he's managed to turn his life around and done better things with it now so um, yeah, it, yeah uh, that's one to watch we're being too morbid you know uh, when you saw the, the struggles that he was having with the painkiller addiction and, and all his injuries and his DUIs and stuff like that totting up you know I had the, I had the fear that he was you know that he wouldn't be making it to 2023 you know he, he just no. had that, that kind of air about him he was one of the the last of that attitude either guys that you know had had all these demons, had all these struggles. I think maybe Jeff Hardy's probably the only one that I'm surprised has outlived them so far. And again, I know that that's the only, the only fucking morbid way of thinking. But uh, when you see the, the likes of you know Benoit, Eddie uh, going, and other guys test, you know, all guys from that era that that haven't made it, you know, past you know 45, 50 year old, to see the current angle still there, 
through everything that he's been through uh, and the fact that, you know, He's he's found redemption in his life. He's found a, a reason for for sticking about, uh, and he's he's done what he can to amend it. I think it'll be a, be a fascinating documentary to see. You know, just uh, you know everything that he's gone through, how low he's been. Uh, What's that so going to be on, Lewis? Um, I, I I couldn't tell you to be fair. Um, I, I was searching for some because uh, I'm I'm a wee bit like Gredo. Sometimes I just like going back and watching. I'm so I, I, I searched the other day I was documentaries coming this year and uh, if you think about it there's a lot going uh, to be fair actually I don't know whether I it's a current angle documentary to premiere on Peacock in summer 2023 according oh, to Post so, Wrestling so it is a WWE thing I see if there's much in this it's year. Peacock, I mean, that's what that's what WWE Network's on, isn't it? Uh, it's on Peacock. Aye. So yeah. it looks like it will be a, a WWE backed mm. uh, thing, from what I can see on there. So I've heard sometimes though they do let the wrestlers get a bit of control on it. If it's something about their life, I know they let mm. Flair do that. I, I think they gave him creative control from hoping they might have done the same with Angle if they uh, give him a bit of license to also talk about stuff that happened in an impact or, you know, like the breakup of Karen, like the infamous mm-hmm. Jarrett affair and all that, maybe, you know, because obviously Jeff Jarrett's in WD's bad books again, so they'll, they'll be happy to uh, to get him buried again. <laughs> so, um, so I, I'm hoping maybe they'll let a bit of license, give a bit of license to kind of talk about stuff away from WWE and the, and the personal stuff he's had, because he's got an important story to tell. Let's not forget, he was the guy that um, I would argue, probably along with Ken Shamrock, he's the bridge between MMA and wrestling. Because mm. he, yeah, yeah, like uh-huh, yeah, he is the guy that, um, after winning the uh, the Olympic gold, you probably would expect him to become, to become an MMA fighter after it. I know, I know UFC wasn't in the mainstream yet, but it was starting to kind of get that exposure. Yeah. So he could have maybe went to UFC, probably would have been a UFC champion, but no, he, he, he decided to come to WWE, and, that's, and it was after his debut that WWE started doing a wee bit of the reality stuff. talked about like um, guys that had MMA and collegiate wrestler backgrounds and that. So he kind of broke that kind of mould. Uh, he's definitely a, a a figure to be revered and respected in the wrestling world, and hopefully this documentary does him uh, justice. Uh, so if you are able to find that, then look it up. But I think in terms of this week's uh, What to Watch, this week's TV pages, I'm going to go with you, Steve, and go with the LA Night stuff. Uh, so well done on getting that pick in. Thanks for coming out. I told you over this week. <laughs> <laughs> I've already lost one, so I was going to be the first one to lose. Right, these are all winners in my eyes. These are all winners in my eyes. Uh, Now, we're going to end this week. We're going to bring back a a fan favourite. I think it's a fan favourite. I mean, folk listened to it and didn't shit in it. So I'm I'm assuming it's a fan favourite. We're going to bring back the the horoscope section of the daft sheet. And I've decided on it. I'm going to call it Mystic Mega Powers. Because uh, I think I was struggling for the name for that last time. So it's episode uh, five, so it's the Mega Powers Explode. Mega powers explode. There mm-hmm. we go. There's there's the there's the yep. synergy with it. Uh, so Lewis and Stephen, I have sent you both uh, a list of wrestlers who are the star sign Cancer. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out three horoscopes from various publications today. I don't think any of them are the same uh, like last time. Uh, so what I want you guys to do is I want you to pick one of uh, your uh, guys for each of the the horoscopes I'm going to read out. So, uh, Lewis, you have got, I think you've actually got the pick of the bunch here. You've got Brett the Hitman Hart, uh, Brock Lesnar, Heath Slater and Shawn Michaels. And Steve, you have Layla, Matt Stryker, Alicia Fox, and Cody Rhodes. So, fucking hell, Steve. If you can, if you, <laughs> if you can give me your first, uh, your first pick there out of your uh, your happy go lucky bunch. Give me them again. So, uh, so you get uh, Layla, Matt Stryker, Alicia Fox, and Cody Rhodes. It's got to be Cody. He's the only one that's really got a main event caliber guy. So Cody is going up against who are you picking, Lewis? Sean Michaels. Sean Michaels. So it's Cody against Sean Michaels. And basically, what you get, what you guys need to do is you need. Well, we're going to see which of those wrestlers the horoscope relates to the best. So we're going to go for the super sort of way sun uh, there. Uh, star sign for cancer today is you can adopt a different approach to close relationships. Now Planet Mercury helps you see that regular discussions about cash can be a crucial factor in success. Confidence flows from knowing that you can manage your own finances and frees up extra time for romance and fun. So would we say that that's more Cody or more Sean Michaels? I would say Cody. Mm. I think it's Cody's there. Uh, especially, you know, talking about the, the cash side of things and the confidence that flows from knowing that you can manage your own finances. He, f- he famously said, uh, uh, spend money now and earn more later. So that's I what I would be thinking. And Sean had that storyline where he, he, he pissed his money away in the wrong investments. Around the time, uh, was that, I want to say about 2009. Was that when it, it, he was it working led, in the canteen? Aye, but it, led, it, <laughs> it, it led to the Undertaker feud. Yes. Aye. What about you, Lewis? Have you get any, do, who would you say? Would you say this would be, be Sean's fight to win, or is it more Cody? Go uh, read it one more time. What's that? So you can adopt a different approach to close relationships now that Mercury helps you see that regular discussions about cash can be a crucial factor in love success. Joey Mercury is Joey Mercury still in in WWE? I don't know if he is or if he isn't. He He could be. He could be talking to Mercury. Didn't Sean train him as well? Sean might trained him. I'd say Cody fits a bill. The only cash Sean Michaels is getting towards is his pension, so uh, I'd probably say... Uh, it'll, be count- yeah. it'll be counting all that merch money for his weight belts as well. So mm. so that'll go. We'll, we'll give that one to you, Steve. You win that round. Uh, so give me your uh, your next wrestler, please, Lewis. Yeah, I think I'm going to be shit at this, so I'm just going to choose Heath Slater. Heath Slater. Cool. <laughs> and yourself, Steve? I'll say Matt Stryker. Oh, so we've got a commentator against a guy that's got kids. Right. So uh the Daily the Daily Mail says today Mercury, Mercury, the planet of communication, is entering your sign. For a long time now you've been swimming against the tide. Your plans have been so plagued by setbacks you've given up on some of your ambitions. They've been relegated to the back burner of your mind. 
it's time to bring them forward and give them some energy. A, pos- a portal of possibility is now open. Don't delay. So is that more suited to Matt Staker or, or Heath Slater here, do you think? Definitely. Aye, definitely striker. Slater. I think the communication, communication straight away, him as a commentator, uh, he's been on the back burner uh, for the last however long. Uh, where, where, where did he, did he commentate? Is it in Mexico uh, or something now? Was he doing MLW? Yeah, or is it in Mexico? He was doing Impact last time I checked. It was him and Dilo Brown. Impact. Oh, that, I think, I, I think that was a, about a year or so ago. Uh, where, what about Matt Stiker now? Where's he? Uh, what's he doing? Matt Stiker, American professional wrestler. He's looking good for 49. Uh, he's looking good for 49 year old. Uh, he is. Currently the co-host of Better's Eye on the Major League Baseball Network. Fair enough. Okay, no. uh, So again, still in the community, the planet of communication is still right for them. So that's one each, I think. That's one each. Uh, oh, two. Uh, so. Striker, I got I got two now, is it? Who had Striker? I had Striker. I hear. Two now, Steve. Right. See if you can get the clean sweep here, Steve. Who are you picking for the, this next one? Uh, you've you've got Layla or Alicia Fox left. Oh, it's got Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox. Yeah. And yourself, Lucy, you've got Brock and you've got Brett. Um, <laughs> oh, but, we, we've missed a trick bit. here. Should have done Brett against Sean. Should have done. Uh, uh, I think that it's a lot of these star same things are about finding love and peace and this and that and I, I highlight out any of that relates to Brock Lesnar <laughs> uh, uh, to be fair it doesn't really relate to uh, <laughs> well, to himself uh, <laughs> I, I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll bite the bullet I'll, uh, I'll go with Brock and see what Magic, happens so we've got Brock against Fox right so uh, according to the Daily Records Star Science today you get a strong feeling a youngster in the family is about to get themselves into a bit of a bother <laughs> you can't ignore your intuition even though they say they're doing fine you sense they will need some help soon, and you will be prepared for this, even if they aren't expecting it from you. So hundred percent, Brett. <laughs> Got to be Brett. Brett, no <laughs> you know, I know that you, they, they say that you can make star signs fit whatever you want them to fit, but that couldn't be more heart family <laughs> angst related. Yeah. If if they, they tried, is there any more heart family members that could become wrestlers? Though is is not is Natalia the last one? Uh, I think so, aye. Unless, unless Brett's well, I mean, kids, like, maybe. Does, does Teddy count? Is he, is he not still in jail? <laughs> well, he's he's probably fathered about ninety wins. Oh, that's true. Uh, so you know the 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 odds would say that one oh, of them's might be going to be uh, a success. Davy Boy's kid, we get he's a heart as well. Yes, aye. Harry as well. Aye. Awesome. Well, that's uh, that one. Definitely goes to to the Hitman there. So was that two one that finished then? No, two, I one back. 2-1 to Steve. Awesome. Right, well, I think that's as, as good a place as any to turn the pages over on the dash sheet. Thanks for being my guest this week, Steve and Lewis. Uh, I'm going to recap the headlines that we hit. Uh, so the front page was Forbidden Door Can't Be Knocked. The back page was Osprey Omega, Oh My God. Page three, the McMahon comes around, sigh again. The TV pages went to the uh, Chris Van Vliet interview with LA Knight. 
And uh, as we just heard there on the horoscope side of things, Stephen Roche wins 2-1 with his mystic powers. So this has been uh, this week's edition of the Daft Sheet. Uh, if you enjoy uh, listening to us, let us know on Twitter. We get very, very few uh, comments on the socials, which obviously means it's going well because people only go on Twitter and Facebook when they're being miserable bastards. Uh, so, uh, you know, thanks for listening. And if you do have any feedback, anything like that, let's have it. Fucking come at us. Uh, we can take it. We are, we are, we are hard enough for that. Uh, if you haven't already done so, sign up to the Wrestling Daft Discord, uh, where you can come in and chat with guys like us on there. Uh, I don't know what the tiers are of costing these days, but you can have a certain level of championship on there. Uh, and I uh, go to Wrestling Daft Spread Shop if you want a T-shirt, whatever else it is that John says. Sign up to the Patreon. You know, there might be some other stuff that we can do that we can convince John to chuck on there as well, whether it's full interviews from the, the snippets that we chuck on there. And uh, Steve, Lewis, however you enjoy your wrestling this week, make sure it's daft and make sure it is shitty. Cheers. 11. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.